listening to Fireside Chats with Roadside Shaman on Open Lines Radio. Follow Hannah on Instagram at Roadside Shaman. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Fireside Chats. Enjoy! Hello again. Hello. This is Hannah Smith LaFreds, aka Roadside Shaman, with another fireside chat coming to you from the roadside. Rolling on the road. The sun is setting behind me. I'm heading inland. I'm heading east. (sighs) Away from the light, but towards the life. I don't know why. But I just felt like it was time to push record and say hello, all my pals. I was listening to the conversation between Mark and Soraya. And um, in particular, their discussions on this art that we're doing, this process that we're in, this collaboration, this creation. I was really just resonating with so much of it and really grateful that they were talking about it out loud. It is, um, there's a resistance, definitely. There's a resistance to this process that we all push through in order to produce. Each of us that is producing anything. It doesn't matter what it is that you're producing. There, There is resistance that we're pushing through in order to bring that manifestation into reality, in order to make that, you know, thing happen. Um, but just acknowledging that the resistance is there, acknowledging that it is sometimes there is some effortfulness behind the act of producing, you know, the act. Oh, police reported ahead. Okay. Um, just paying attention to the fact that that uh, effort is needed, is required, that it's not just easy, that it's like, it takes a lot of fucking work to sound this casual and easygoing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that positive attitude that we, uh, that do this work, are known for in our circles that like, oh my gosh, you have such good energy. Do you hear that a lot from people? Oh my gosh, you're just always so positive. You're always so upbeat. You're always so down to earth. Do you get that a lot? Do people say that to you? Um, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever anyone says that, I feel like it comes with this unspoken expectation of like, stay that way keep being that way. I like you when you're positive. Don't be negative. I like it when you're upbeat. Don't, don't be, you know, tired and down and downtrodden. Don't be exhausted. I like it when you're upbeat. Uh, don't, don't be, um, when, when they say, oh, you're so down to earth. What they're really saying is don't be silly. Don't be fantastical, you know, and I know that they probably don't mean it that way. Maybe they don't. Um, but 
there's something in that statement, in that observation, that has a tone of expectation in it. And, um, man, expectation is death. It's such a burden. Expectation is just it's like a boa constrictor around your consciousness. Um, enjoying and responding and replying to uh, what's around you. That I can get on board with. Expecting something and then kind of begrudgingly waiting for it or being disappointed that it's not quite what you were looking forward to or planning for. That's a whole other ball of wax. The, the image that comes to mind is um, Griswold, you know, Clark Griswold. That, like, he spent a whole lot of time in the fantasy land with Christy Brinkley in that pool that he was building with his bonus that he was counting on. You know, he put his cart ahead of the horse a little bit. Uh, maybe if he'd waited and seen that he was just going to get a fruit of the month club or something, he wouldn't have been so, you know, disappointed and angry on Christmas Eve that he actually went and literally kidnapped his boss. You know what I mean? That expectation shoved that person over into the land of the absurd. And yes, okay, it's drama. It is theater. It's theater of the absurd. It's a comedy. It is supposed to be absurd. But that absurdity is a wisdom. It's a teaching to us about the natures of humanity, about, you know, the power that um, heartbreak can have in our consciousness, like to be deeply, deeply disappointed is to take a steep dive of momentum south, you know, it's real hard to be the cheerful, upbeat, positive energy person when you're disappointed, when you're heartbroken, when you're exhausted, when you're really tired of being the one friend that everybody leans on to always have a smile on their face and always come up with a good response to the trauma dumping that people engage in that that they you know seem to confuse for socialization i mean i look small talk as it's called social you know those little minor program social scripts that we're all conditioned to provide on demand uh, it, it's not uh, usually meaningful communication it's more like a secret code to prove that you're a normal person, you know, that you're safe. And so once people get their anxiety checked off, they lose interest in the conversation. And so it's just totally boring. It's, it's like a, it's just a, uh, what do we call this? Well, it's just a, um, An exercise in futility? I don't know. That guy is not going to let me get over. And this guy is totally in the way. I don't like turning left onto mission from 76 sometimes, especially at rush hour on a Friday when all of the people are a-holes. Sorry, they're not. They're just self-centered and anxious to get back to their home and their rest and their respite and their relaxation. They're eager to begin their weekend. 
and I can totally understand that because I'm in the same state. Otherwise, I would not experience frustration at someone cutting me off. Can you guys hear me picking seaweed salad out of my teeth? Does that show up? Does that show up on the um, recording? Or am I still in stealth mode with my primate behavior? I seriously have like a piece of seaweed salad stuck in my tooth. Like it will not come out. I've been working at it for a minute. And it's just stuck in there. It might just need the magic of dental floss when I get home. Um, anyways, I want to talk about why I turned this thing on in the first place, and it is because of that encouragement of spiritual connection, the spiritual union, the emotional, psychological union, whatever you want to call it, that feeling of connection on a quantum level, of having people in alignment with you, people supporting your work, people giving you feedback, jeez louise. I get a lot of really amazing feedback for what I'm putting out there on Instagram and on open lines. Um, people tell me personally in conversation stuff that mattered to them. They like make Instagram stories and posts about my work. They quote it. Like it's just like a really supportive circle. And sure, maybe our work doesn't resonate with the broader culture, but is this a surprise to anyone? Like, I'm way over on a, the end of the bell curve when it comes to, like, normalcy. So I would kind of expect our audience to be similar, you know, like seeks like, etc. But, uh... I just really appreciate the depth of insight that the people speaking on Open Lines Radio are bringing, you know, and also the audience members, the feedback that people give, the comments and whatnot. It's clear that it's resonating and it's clear that, it, that people are getting a lot out of it. And the fact that they're communicating that to us, it's what encourages me to keep doing it. I might keep doing it even if I didn't have the feedback, but I can tell you that the resistance would be a lot harder. It's really difficult to speak into a neutral void without any feedback. We're social creatures, so we do appreciate the mirroring. We appreciate, you know, oh, I hear you. I heard that. Okay, I heard that too. Okay, I heard that too. It doesn't even have to be an agreement. It's just the sense of being heard, of feeling like you've been heard. Um, that's really... That's really what I'm noticing is the healing, is just feeling heard, feeling seen in a really um, transformative way. And I, I love it. I mean... I would probably keep doing it just for the verbal processing component. I really, like, since I, quote-unquote, graduated from my therapist, you know, my therapist retired, and I haven't replaced them, um, at least not with a psychotherapist. Um, I 
I have other forms of therapeutic support in my life that I get from other modalities, um, including some psychotherapy from a you know family therapy dynamic that I partake in. <coughs> that I um, that I participate in. Um, so I feel really supported and I feel really whole and complete in a way that I maybe haven't ever in my life. I feel well. I feel sane. I feel stable. I feel strong. I um, I started doing therapy as a teenager. The first time I was put in therapy was between 7th and 8th grade. My parents knew something weren't, weren't right, and they didn't know what, and they tried to make it better, they tried to fix it, but it was a little bit beyond their depth, and frankly, it was a little bit beyond the depth of the average psychotherapist. Um, I find my issues to be um, beyond the complexity and depth of insight that most therapists could really comfortably handle. There aren't a lot of therapists that enjoy working with me. Most of them try to get me out of their office as quickly as possible just because hashtag people find me intense and that is no different when it comes to therapists. Like if you had to unload and process the sum total of my um, uh, therapeutic needs, mental health history, trauma history, personal relational dynamics history, if you had to personally upload that information as a, um, as a therapist, as someone working with me, you would close the file and pray you could send it to somebody else's desk. Because it's just, it's too fucking much for any one person to have to deal with. And yet, like, that's my lot. That is my lot in life. Like, when Soraya was talking about how she explained the travails of her life circumstance and it was met with this sort of co comment of derision of, you know, basically like, oh, it sucks to be you. Like, that's, it sucks to be you with that attitude. It sucks to, like, make a sticky comment like that. Like, I really feel like the urge or the tendency or the impulse or whatever to speak negatively about another person's circumstance is almost always a self-defense mechanism. It's that weird relativistic portion of humanity, of, of the psyche that says, you know, at least my slice is a little thicker than theirs. You know, at least my cup is a little more full. At least my pillow is a little bit more puffy. Um, at least, at least, at least. Well, I'm not looking for at least of anything. I'm looking at most. I'm looking for the most of everything. Do you know what I mean? The least that I'm looking for is resistance. I'm looking for the path of least resistance. So anyways, I got that. When you've been through a lot of shit and you haven't had a lot of road behind you, people next to you look at you and go, where in the world did you pick up all that bullshit? You, go, you know? Some of us got the nice, easy, straight slide down the mountain, and some of us got the loop-de-loops with, you know, tri triple flips and, you know, uh, cars slowing suddenly in front of them on a not busy road. <clears throat> At any rate, that whole concept of 
life flashing before your eyes, wanting to get things on the record, wanting to feel seen, knowing you've been through some shit, but seeing your way through it and getting out of it, like all of that stuff. Like, yeah, copy paste feels, dude. My pals. I got some challenging news yesterday. You know that like tower moment? You keep you do you do a couple readings and keep getting the tower card and you go, these poor fuckers. Whoa, they've got stuff coming up the pipe. They have no idea what's heading for their way. Yeah, sometimes when the tower keeps showing up in your readings, it's because the tower's for you and you need to pay a little better close attention. I got a really, uh, just, yeah, I mean, a foundation scraper, something that just, you just go, okay, reboot, the whole life has to just be planned over from scratch now. What is this going to look like? Like, I have no idea, because I got to figure it out one day at a time, one step at a time, one decision at a time, with other humans usually agreeing. None of us is totally sovereign, even though we try to be, we claim to be, you know. Sovereignty comes with collective agreement. Did you know that? You decide on your sovereignty on your own, but it only gets honored and respected in collective agreement. So, yeah. I have a lot of assault on my sovereignty due to the... Um, developmental fragility of my child. The government keeps a close watch on how their needs are met. And because of the disability that I have and that his other parent has, there's additional doubts and... Oops, I just dropped the phone. I hope that wasn't too loud. There's additional... Question, additional questions are asked as far as, like, our ability or capacity to meet his needs. And so they're, like, quote, all up in our business, like, you know, with, like, a speculum and a flashlight. So, um... And when I turned off my car, it paused my recording. So I'm just going to sit here quietly in my driveway and finish my thoughts my thoughts are these. We don't like the way the government tells us how to do things, but we're still too fucking mean to each other and immature and selfish to really play nicely like the libertarians want us to. And so what's the solution? How do we get everybody to play nicely together without, quote unquote, making them without, you know, violating their sovereignty? How do we force people to choose what's right for the collective when we barely even know what's right for ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis, on a case-by-case -case basis, you know? I don't know, but they keep sending social workers to the house with clipboards that, you know, supposedly tell us, and they change their policies every few years and make you feel like a criminal just for trying to, you know, raise your own goddamn child. That's not nice. I shouldn't say that. They don't make me feel any way. The system is set up the way that it's set up 
to create the pressures that it creates for the reasons that it does chiefly to reduce the demand on the system and so they make it an awkward system to utilize and to access and within that awkwardness comes a lot of shaming and naysaying and just um yeah there's a lot there and I don't usually talk about my whole like financial work dollar stress situation like the the lifestyle pressures because I figure everybody's got them they're like you know having to go pee everybody has to go pee eventually everybody has to go poop eventually like everybody has to deal with the dollars and the bullshit and the vogons and the bureaucracy like it's all different for everybody but Oh, crap. I just leaked seaweed salad vinaigrette all over my fucking sweatshirt. This is just turning into a really interesting... You know, I keep saying the energy today is interesting. I should find a different word. This... Well, whatever. Maybe it's just because somebody really needs to add seaweed into their diet because it's good trace minerals and yeah so maybe that's the only reason that happened so I'd mention the fucking seaweed salad one more time I don't know I super don't know you guys all I know is I'm doing the best I can and the construct always 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 feels bigger than I am except for when I'm like embodying my quantum self so yeah. It's Friday night, Friday the 13th. It's Goddess Day. We're in the middle of the Hayoka portal, the palindrome portal. Um, 91319. So, what do you want to choose? How do you want things to be different going forward? That's what this is about. It's a choice point. It's a perspective. And we can move forward. We can see the totality of our stories behind us. Choose the most compelling moments and cut together a reel. You know? That highlight reel that flashes before your eyes. You get to cut that. You're the editor-in-chief. You get final cut on that one. You do. And so do I. I'm glad that Mark made Saraya talk again. <laughs> I guess is how that worked. Not made her, but like prompted her, encouraged her, whatever. I'm really grateful for that because I missed their voice in the cosmos. And it's prompted me to speak more. I have such a backlog of stuff that's like half edited and, you know, half pulled together. And this just motivates me to, um, to pull those half asses together into one full ass. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. I think that that's 
I think that that's about right. So I guess that's it. I I don't really know what else to add. I just want to say that I'm very glad that um, Open Lines Radio exists. I'm very grateful for all of the contributors that produce content. I'm grateful for the platforms that are available to us um, to produce it without ads. The fact that we can just talk and people can just hear it and they don't have the disruption of someone else demanding more of their attention or a different kind of attention. Like, I really appreciate, I really appreciate the purity of our delivery of our platform. So I'm grateful for that. If you've got a few dollars to chuck their way to help continue keeping it, I mean, it's going to be ad-free regardless, but what I'm saying is you could lessen the burden You could lessen some of the financial burden on the producers um, by helping with the hosting costs. So every little bit counts. And honestly, it's really mostly just about the knowing that people are invested in the the product that um, it helps us want to keep, keep making more. So if you're getting anything out of it, if you're friends with us, if you like the shows, if you... Um, enjoy the mixtape music or if you really like um, scratching your head after one of these virtual campfires and there's a guest you've never heard before and they've shattered your mind with new ideas or you know whatever it is that draws you in to open lines radio if you're getting something out of it go ahead and uh, send some energy back our way give us a like give us a comment give us a um a review on iTunes or or something. Um, find some way to bring that energetic balance together. Find some way to tap in and to connect more directly. Give us some feedback. Because that's really what we're craving when we speak into this void. We want feedback. We want to feel you on the other end of the line. We want to hear your breath. We want to know that someone's listening. So wave, wink, give us a high five, chip in for somebody's coffee or mimosa or, you know, beer. (laughs) I don't know what people like to drink. Um, Yeah, so the struggle is real. Everyone out here is fighting the Vogons for dollars and If you can at all help out, that's greatly appreciated. And if you can't help out, dude, totally understand. Completely. 100%. For me, the main barrier for those things is always the technology. Like, I always can't figure out the right app to get to the right account, to the right, like, system. And, you know. But that's probably just my own subconscious money resistance uh, making me cautious or conscientious like I bet I could figure it out if I worked through it on an energetic level it wouldn't be a technological level if I worked through it energetically emotionally psychologically whatever word you want to use (sighs) I'm pretty sure I could figure it out that would be good it would be good to be able to like just Venmo a friend five dollars you know or PayPal them or whatever. Like, I've tried. 
I, uh, there's this weird anomaly with Venmo where they want me to like tell them some transactions I did in 2015. And I'm like, dude, I don't have access to that information. Are you kidding? I hope you're kidding. They're not kidding. I still haven't been able to use Venmo. So I don't know, whatever. I'll figure it out eventually or I won't. Either way, friends will get paid. The world will keep turning. The moon will rise over the hill, shine bright in our night sky. So we just finished carbon black, machete swinging, moon of air. Carbon black machete swinging moon of air. They just tonight are birthing as soon as it rises over the hillside. The full moon will rise, being birthed by machete swinging moon. The moon we have coming over the horizon is ultraviolet rose gold moon of water. Ultraviolet rose gold moon of water. I don't know what it means, but it's the moniker that was spoken for the chaparral for this lunation. So, we shall see. We shall see. Oh, talk about divine timing. There's my guys returning to the temple just in time. <sighs> Family meeting. It's about that time. At 11.11 exactly. Of course. That's hilarious. Okay. I think that's it. I'm going to call it, you guys. I'm going to stitch these two bits together and send it off to Mark right away because there's something really, uh, there's something really dramatic and powerful and profound about this time frame and this window. And I didn't even know I wanted to talk. And here, and here I am. Hey, Ma. There he is. Ma, can you come out of the car? I am. I just parked. You guys just got here, too. Oh, thank you for letting me have that. Can I you come out of the car? Yeah, I'm gonna. He's very anxious about me getting inside, I suppose. All right. Well, I guess that's going to be it then. Um, I appreciate you, and I am grateful for everyone that listens and for everyone that... Uh, gives us feedback I'm super extra duper multiply double plus extra grateful for you all right that's gonna be it I'll say chukma chipisalacho which means hello I will see you for we chickas I'll have no word for goodbye and I'll say chihololi which means I love you like you love me for reciprocity is reality Okay, later, Gator.